Hello, hello. Welcome. This is Austin Brunch Capades coming to you about a year late. I think the last episode we had was in March. We had a whole summer. We had Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We had a new year run in. It's 2018 now. Holy shit. I was having some issues with motivation, but feeling better now, feeling good. I'm excited. Today we're going to be talking about the now defunct Tacoba. Whenever I had the idea to start doing this again, that was a place that I was wanting to do. We went there. It's great. Kind of. Now they're closed. I don't know why. I haven't really looked into it. Maybe there's been an announcement at the time that I saw. I found out from Yelp when it said that it was permanently closed. So we're also going to be talking about Salt and Time around the same area. It's fucking great. Sorry, Mom. But today we've got Gabe and Celeste. They are friends of mine. Uh, We've gone to brunch a few times. Uh, They aren't really in the group that goes out usually because they live kind of far away. But was able to get them in. And hopefully, you know, they'll get some time to come out. We're all pretty busy people. But anyway, here we go into the next episode. Sorry about the delay. Hope you enjoy. Gorge your eyes out. Or ears. Whichever. How do you like your huevos in the morning? Let's find out. Huevos. Damn. And we haven't been to too many places. What, like a handful? Been to Tacoba, which we're going to talk about, which has eaten the dust and is no longer open. R.I.P., I guess. Mm. So we'll just dive right into it. And so the very first time that I personally ever went there, we tried to go as around three. So they were kind of transitioning from the brunch to, I guess, happy hour they were in. And whenever we got there, they were kind of just scrambling around, didn't really have an idea as to what was going on. We didn't really know what we were doing. So it's kind of like, eh, we're here. We don't know if we want to be here. And then so we left. And then so the first time I actually ate there was with you guys. And what was it about the... Man, that's going to pick that up big time. Um, What was it about the staff that was weird... I remember there being like a weird thing with the waitress that we had. Depends. This waitress? She didn't give... Can I say any bad words? Yeah, say whatever you want. She didn't give a fuck. She was like, what do you want? I'm here. Maybe she knew that they were not going to be open much longer. And how long ago was that? Was that like three weeks ago? Maybe longer? Maybe, I think it was longer it's than like that. a month ago. Yeah, so a month ago, I would think, I don't know, with the, the quickness of which they closed kind of was surprising. It was just like, oh, hey, we're, we're all good. I don't, I don't follow them on Facebook or anything, so I didn't hear any announcement as to them closing. It was just like one day, thanks, Brandy, for texting me while I'm trying to do this. I mean, you could totally have your phone on, like, airplane mode, you know that, right? It was from my computer. Oh, <laughs> hey, never mind. Yeah, so I, it's muted now. That's at Mac Life. That's at, like, Mac Synergy. It is. Mac on Mac on Mac. They're just trying to hop in. So, what did you guys even eat? Did you like it? So, it's not traditional Mexican food, right? It's mm. got a flair to it. I call it a hipster flair. It's basically like what it is. It's been that way since I've seen it pop up in East Austin. When did it open about? Do you know? I would say, if I had to guess, I'd say 09, maybe okay. 2010. So it's been a while. It's been open for a long time. I'm probably wrong. Someone's going to be like, next she opened in April of 2011. I'm going to be like, all right, cool. Good job. Um, that sounds like a hipster thing to do. Yeah, for sure. But they wouldn't eat there because, you know. Oh, and then they, they used to eat there. Mm-hmm. But then it became popular, and because of them, it shut down because they stopped going. So the hipsters brought it to life and then killed it. That's what they do with everything. True. We actually had, I don't know if you heard it on the the last one we did, we actually had a conversation about hipsters and what it is that makes a hipster a hipster and how sometimes people just use that term flippantly 
to describe somebody who's really into something. So say you're into computers or you're into cars, you're a hipster about cars just because you know a lot about it. And so people kind of like, oh, you're a hipster about something. Not necessarily a hipster in dress or anything, but more of a mindset. So it's like, you're a hipster about cars. You know too much about cars. I'm sorry. That makes you a hipster about it. And that's just kind of how we discussed it being a thing. Or even like if you're a geek about something or a nerd about something, it's like somebody has to label it and then kind of have you feel bad about liking it because now you're a hipster and nobody really likes to be called that, do they? I remember when people first started calling me that back when we still lived in San Marcos. It was like, no, I am not that. I don't want that label. But I think I am kind of like that in some ways. Just kind of, I've tried to be better about it and just say, I don't. I don't, I don't care. I like it. Although, it's kind of hard when people shit on your music. Sorry, Mom. And make you feel bad about liking something that makes you feel good. It's like, why? Why you gotta shit on my music? Or on anyone's music. And I've tried very hard to get away from that. It's actually been kind of hard. I have to, like, catch myself. And so Tacoba's closed... So we went east side again, still, because east side's awesome. And we went to Salt and Time, which is probably one of my favorite bunch places. And that's the first time, Gabe, you've been there, yeah? For brunch, yeah, it's the first time I've been there. What'd you think? It's pretty good. Um, What'd you have? I had the, I think it was just a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. But it has bologna, and I like bologna. But, but it's not like the Oscar Mayer bologna, right? No, but I kind of wished it was just <laughs> because like that's a kind of like white trash sandwich I would have made myself, but no. It was delicious. Like what all came on it? It was similarly good bread. Don't know what kind of bread it was. I think it's sourdough. Was it sour? It didn't taste like sourdough. I think it was fresh made, that's why. Oh. It wasn't aged. It wasn't sour yet. No, <laughs> it wasn't salty. I'm pulling it up, so We'll know. Yeah, I think it's so sourdough base or the bread, mm-hmm. two pieces obviously, good sized <laughs> loaf. You know, like those <laughs> most sandwiches come two with two pieces. <laughs> hey, some have three. They did have an open face sandwich. Yeah, as they well. did have an open face sandwich, one piece. So two pieces, it's a sandwich. You have some kind of a mustard aioli, whatever you want to call it. There was definitely a mustard and an aioli, I think, on the bottom bun. Oh so wait, no. I meant mayonnaise aioli. Mustard was on top. Yeah. Mustard's mustard. Is there a cheese on there, too? Yeah, I think it had some cheese. It's a white cheese. It's a white cheese. And it's, I think, a, I also had the breakfast sandwich, which is why I'm even putting input into this. But uh, there's, the bologna itself looks kind of almost like steak, or not steak, roast beef. You know, when you thinly slice yeah, it, it's it's super, got that same color. Super sliced. Yeah. And Celeste, what did you have? I had the biscuits and gravy, which was amazing because you could barely see the biscuits underneath my chicken fried steak. Holy shit. Was it, a, it was a huge chicken fried steak, it wasn't was it? It was pretty huge. It was like the best bang for your buck at that place. Yes. So yeah. nine bucks. Yeah. Nine bucks for, was it two biscuits or was it, it just was one? Like one big one? A big biscuit cut in half and like one underneath the chicken fried steak and then like one on top then like a bunch of gravy with a runny fried egg Mm -hmm. that egg was pretty on point too it had the nice little jiggle to it so jiggly did you guys get a a video of that what was that yeah i got like a little boomerang yeah it was perfect for the boomerang on the instagram (laughs) (laughs) okay so the i have the menu pulled up now the breakfast sandwich which is also $9. Oh. I, f- I feel like all the prices there were pretty pretty decent. The drinks, I think, are kind of on the high end, especially the mimosa. You only get one, like... How much flute. was that? $7. For the mimosa? It was 7 bucks. Holy Wait, shit. Wait, are you fucking serious? I thought it said, like, two seventy five on that main little menu. I think it was, like, two, it was like two seventy. Was it? It wasn't 7 That's That's pretty high. Oh, the ticket might have had both of them on, like, combined. Well, yeah, we got two, and then so... I don't think it was... I don't know. It said seven bucks. Shit. So Shit. I'm sure it was like... That was three fifty a pop then, because if it was 
I don't know if it itemized it. I don't. Mm. I don't know if we. I don't know the receipt. Three fifty, I believe. Seven seems kind of high. They were seven dollars. That better been like with the floater of like something delicious. Okay, so like gravy. It was <laughs> twenty. It was like fifty three dollars total. Right, so it was like twenty seven just the meal because that was like nine dollars each. Plus, I got a pancake, which I think is three bucks. And then, shit, yeah, maybe it was seven. Okay, so if you're going to go to Salt and Time, you might want to booze up a little bit before you go because the mimosas is kind of high yeah. for how much you get. For but sure. remember, I had a $5 cheese grit. Them grits were like basically mac and cheese. There was so much. Shut up, Nimbus. They were really good. They were really good. They came in a nice little cute little red cup. I almost stole it. That would have been fair. I would have supported that. Because if I'm paying $5, you'd assume I could take the... Nimbus! The hardware. Right? There's a, a, a fluffy cat, and he's just being a cat. Scratch elsewhere. Scratching things that he should not be scratching. So, I have a funny little story, which I told you guys... Which I told you guys at Salt and Time about the staff at Salt and Time. This is not to talk shit about the people at Salt and Time because I rather enjoyed how they <laughs> have acted. But the last few times that I've gone, they are, you know, they're workers. They're there to do a job. And one of them is to just get you in and get you out, not necessarily keep you there. And so we had these past two times had at least if you add the two together had at least five different servers and so we would be sat by somebody somebody would come take an order or drink order and they would come up to us and be like what do you want to drink that's it (laughs) i appreciate your directness sir madam to me yes i want to drink here it is now please go away i appreciate that then they would come up what do you want to eat? All right. So this is what I want to eat. Now go away. And then they would bring it to us. We'd eat. They check on us once and then bring us our check and then we go. Not the friendliest interactions, but I appreciate them sometimes because I'm an introverted person. I don't really want a lot of chit chat sometimes. Sometimes I do. Today they were a little more chit chatting, I guess. They were pleasant. Not that they were not pleasant before. It was just very direct before. And I appreciate the directness of their staff. They're very cool people. I think it's also because I didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So she had to check up on us like twice. I feel like she kind of gave us a little bit too much time that one time after the drink. Oh, no, for sure. Came back like five minutes. pretty indecisive, so... We have all the time in the world. Sometimes I have to flip a coin. <laughs> That's because, true. I mean, I really wanted cheese grits, a pancake, and something else, but that would have been like too much. $20. And also, every time that I've ever ordered a pancake on the side, it has been different. They do not, I, I guess if you ask them, they would tell you. But I've never asked because I like being surprised when my pancake comes out, my single pancake, which is the size of the plate. I like being surprised as to what exactly it will be. It's been orange before. Today it had, I think, Nutella and strawberries on it. Their syrup is very thick. It's almost like honey in terms of its thickness. A little darker than honey. I don't know exactly what kind of syrup it is, but it's awesome. I don't like soaking pancakes in syrup either. I just kind of, I like dipping it in there or putting a a little drizzle. So their, their syrup goes a long way, and I appreciate that. So when I eat pancakes... I like to split them in half Mm -hmm. and let the syrup soak into its pores. And then once it's soaked for about maybe half a minute, then I will eat the pancake. And it has to be strawberry flavored syrup. So like from IHOP, that strawberry syrup? Yes, (laughs) IHOP. That's so nasty. (laughs) It's pretty much the only place to eat pancakes. Yeah, you were saying you didn't like pancakes. Why is that? Is there like, did you have... I think it's a bread thing. It's like, I want to taste like super savory flavors. For breakfast in in general? For breakfast. But then when I'm done with like the savory breakfast, then I'm cool with like 
some sweet, like mm-hmm. a little piece of sweet when I'm done. Right. Which is kind of the, I've kind of gone in that direction too. I like having my savory and then I have, usually I don't eat the whole pancake. I eat the whole pancake this time. Yeah. It's kind of hungry, but yeah, just doing the whole normal breakfast savory thing and then like a little dessert. I I consider pancake to be, or any kind of sweet breakfast thing, more desserty mm-hmm. than anything. I, I honestly can't really get into super sweet breakfast stuff. Like I like them, but I can't do all of it. And so both Tacoba and Salt and Time are on the east side. Let's talk about Austin east side. Why? What What the hell's happening to Austin on the east side? So, I mean... And it has been for a while, I guess. So you have... Just like you have homes and people, restaurants come and go, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, gentrification is a thing that happens everywhere, not just in Austin. It's sure. just... It's been a focal point for the city for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, everybody always jokes and says, oh, man, I wish I would have just bought that house in the east side for $30,000 mm-hmm. and just sat on it. Sure. Because I could have made, I could have turned around now and made $350,000 profit. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, fuck it. Just, said, just sell it. Pay the property taxes on it and just sell it. Or live in it, you know? Big enough property, build two units on it. But uh, what if that unit has a historical tree on it or it has, I don't know, something that you really need to get around? Well, this city's been really good about making money on people sure. as it relates to building permits and also as it relates to just any construction in general, like especially in that kind of melting pot that is the central part of town. Well, and also East Side is predominantly a Hispanic neighborhood or not necessarily neighborhood because it's pretty big but just that area of town's been predominantly uh black and hispanic now all these kind of and people always complain about all oh, the californians are coming to austin not really true the predominantly predominantly people that are coming to austin are from texas different parts of texas but majority of people coming to austin are from texas not necessarily california there are californians coming to austin but I don't necessarily think that that's a fair argument to make against certain things. It's like, no, it's it's your fellow Texans that are coming here, not Californians. Granted, they are coming, but mostly Texans. And there have been a lot of things happening on the east side with businesses being vandalized by the people who live there. Uh, what was the name of the place that you mentioned while we were eating that had gotten... It's just uh, somewhere on Rosewood. Mm-hmm. No, actually not Rosewood. 12th Street. Mm-hmm. East 12th Street. Uh, there's like a little barbecue restaurant. It's, I don't even know the name of it. But right next to it, they're building two, just like two-story thin blue houses. Mm-hmm. And graffitied on the door, the houses aren't, they're incomplete right now. They're in construction. Was um, Bum rich scum or something? Yeah. It's like bum rich scum graffitied on the door. Wow. And granted, that part is more African American. Mm-hmm. That part, like further north, mm-hmm. is um, there's a dividing line. Basically, the bridge mm-hmm. on airport is the dividing line for Hispanic and Black mm-hmm. as it relates to East Austin. Why is it that Austin is so segregated? To kind of just say the word, I feel like it's, you know you've got your different sets of white people. <laughs> around um, different pay grades. And then it seems like most of the Hispanic people are in certain areas, and I honestly don't really know where black communities are in Austin. That seems kind of like I see predominantly white and Hispanic people in Austin for the most part. Not that that's a bad thing or a good thing, just that's what I see. I don't really see a a lot of African-Americans in Austin. 35 has always been the dividing line in segregation in Austin. Why is that? Is that just because that was like a, a an actual major line that like ran through Austin? I don't know, but that's that's kind of how it was made. So East Austin's always been that dividing line. And what's weird is like you you have an area so close to downtown, so close to all the restaurants, so mm-hmm. close to the businesses, to you know everything that's down to downtown. Mm-hmm the jobs and obviously those people have been segregated for so long, but now that land is 
it's hot, mm-hmm. it's popular, it's it's worth something. Right. So now you got to take it from them. And are they taking it from it, or are they just? Is it taking because of the fact that these people who are coming in can afford it now, because of the fact that there are high property taxes? The people who've been there, who've it's been an affordable place to live for so long. That's why a lot of artists and musicians have lived over there for the most part in Austin because it was the cheapest place to live while still being closer to downtown and being able to make a living. Because if you're an artist or a musician, being close to downtown is important. Um, and so I know a lot of you know artists that you know can't afford to live in Austin anymore because the area that they've lived in and have shared with people and families who have been there for decades are all getting pushed out and they're going to either different cities or surrounding towns like you guys have moved out of Austin for the most part, but are also in a very, people want to be there too because it's country-esque, but also is close enough to Austin to where people want to build there and have businesses there because it's close enough to where you don't have to go very far. Yeah, we're still in Travis County. Mm-hmm. So we're not even like, uh, what's it called? Something by the city of Maynard. Oh, yeah. Our neighborhood is in Travis County, but it's we're not. kind of just like the rejects. Mm-hmm. Travis <laughs> County doesn't really care about us. Like Maynard doesn't really mess with us. So yeah. it's like. And does Maynard not because they can't afford to? Because we're not, like, in the county. It's right? just not sanctioned by by Maynard. So, like, our road work, our utilities, everything as far as where we live, it's not Maynard. It's Travis County. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the wild, wild west. But it's nice in the sense to where <laughs> it takes us 20 minutes to get to, like, North Loop. Or mm-hmm. it takes us 30 minutes to get to, like, Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. Or it takes us 30-ish minutes to get to Round Rock. You know, it's not too bad. Even downtown's like 30, 25, 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. for mileage, we're talking like 20 miles, maybe. It's not too bad. And you have all these tolls. And, you know, it's the same thing with the growth in the north, right? You have you have, you have, have Cedar Park, you have Leander, you have Pflugerville, you have Round Rock, you have even Georgetown. All these areas are just exploding. And it's... This fucking cat. <laughs> I think the cat needs like a catnip bomb. Like a oh, bath God, bomb, but like a catnip bomb. That would be terrible. That cat would lose its mind. Oh. What little of it it has. Sorry, Elysium. You know. You know. <laughs> and I see you playing with your beard. And, you know, you just clean it. You know. So luckily, I asked for my egg sandwich <laughs> to be a little overcooked in the egg. Not overcooked. It was just... Well, I wanted. To, I didn't want a runny egg. Right. I wanted a cooked egg. Because it, it definitely comes with... It's a fried egg. Yeah, it's over easy a- egg. It's over easy. Yeah, it's over easy. And I love over easy eggs. And I should have taken your advice about eating a sandwich with a fork and a mm-hmm. knife. Mm-hmm. But it's a sandwich. I want to eat it with my hands. Right. But... Then it's not a sandwich then, right? The sandwich I had... I know. The sandwich I had at Tacoba. Mm-hmm. I had the... Um, it was a salmon... I guess it was like a bagel lox kind of thing. But it was like a torta. So it had like salmon and a shit ton of cream cheese. And crazy, crazy runny eggs. Mm. And unfortunately, when you have a beard, yeah, or his beard as large as yours, I have a beard. I don't have problems with stuff getting in it. Yeah, I just have a lot of hair. Yeah, it's about what sticks out three or four inches from your face. It depends on where you're measuring. Longest point. Uh, I I can pluck a hair, and it's gonna be like freaking six eight inches. Damn, it just depends. Anyways, <laughs> I cleaned it last night. I don't want to have a runny egg in my damn beard. That's it, fair. It's 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 a nightmare to clean. Well, it's not that bad, but you got to keep up on it. You have to look good if you want to be somewhat presentable. The good thing about Austin is you can still have certain things in certain industries. Like you can have tattoos, you can have facial hair, you can have different hair. And for the most part in the city, they're accepting of all these things. It just really depends on the industry. Mm-hmm. So for me, I happen to work in the nonprofit sector. Same. So it's totally cool that I have a big black beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as, you know, for me, it's just a matter of looking presentable. So sure. trimming, shaping, um, conditioning, um, just, you know, not looking like a slob. That's can't have runny eggs in your beard. No. I can't show up to work tomorrow with egg yolk in my beard. 
That's just nasty. Don't people put <laughs> egg yolk in their hair to like make it shinier? I think so. Oh, you're right. So maybe I, I should make more yeah. of those sandwiches. More, more runny eggs. I would have like the shiniest like underlip <laughs> ever. <laughs> just spread it out. And yeah. so like, I, th- I feel like I've brought this up on previous podcasts. It's almost been a year since I did the last one. It was in March, and gotten to a place where it just you know wasn't motivated to do this. And so the question is, why is it that brunch is becoming such a popular thing, not just in Austin, but in the U.S. in general? Because I don't know if they, they don't really do brunch in Europe because breakfast is usually the most involved meal. You know, you got people who center their whole day around, you know, breakfast because they're up all night and, you know, they're talking, they're doing things uh, that we don't necessarily do here in the U.S. So brunch isn't really a thing there, I don't think. But uh, before we, you know, talked about like how, what makes brunch so popular, not just in Austin, but anywhere. And you made a good comment about, you know, the social aspects of being kind of like a late 20s, 30-something person, and you're busy. You've got work, you've got your normal weekend things that you might do, and you don't necessarily get to see your friends a lot. And so, you know, True. what is it about this thing called brunch that gets people together? Like, why? I mean, like, we all got to eat, right? Yes, that is an important thing for humans. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of really when it comes down to it, when you get older, you lose you lose track of some of your friends mm-hmm. and you may live in the same city. You just may not see each other. And as you get older and you, you gain more responsibilities, the ones that you select in life, like having children, mm-hmm. having a house, having multiple car projects, whatever it might be. <laughs> um, hipster car lover. Yeah. I, yeah, I, just, I just love those Audis. <laughs> just have so many of them with the check engine lights. It's a mess. And some run, some don't. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you get to a point where you don't see your friends that often. Like we, we used to go to trivia every week. So I would see you every week for like four years. Yes. And I happened to live close to the venue we were playing trivia at. So it was convenient. Moon Tower, Moon Tower. Moon Tower Trivia, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> a, that's a good show. You should watch Freaks We're and Geeks. We're on, what episode are we on? Like four or five? Oh, such a good it. show. It only went one season, though. Yeah. But yeah. I I, I, I didn't know that like Judd Aptow was like a producer of that show. I didn't know he's been around for that long. But I guess I guess I kind of did. But I think, was it on NBC? No, it's on Fox. Fox, uh, I think. No, I don't know. ABC? Who knows? Uh, We've got Google at our fingertips. Continue talking. Because about no, the reason is because I, mean, I bet you he's got to be on one of their payrolls because he's still probably working with one of those networks. So my guess is it was on the same network that he's been working for. He's forever. got he's got a few projects on Netflix now, but not Freaks and Geeks. It was Geeks Who Drink Moon Tower Trivia on Tuesdays yes. eight o'clock. You should go. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Good outdoor venue. They have lots of. It's really far south though, so all you people in the north, you know, that's kind of a a trek for those peeps. Yeah, they have. Geeks who drink everywhere these days. So pet friendly. Oh yeah, Moon Tower super pet friendly. So if you want to bring your yes. your dogs, just bring a leash because there's hella dogs. Yes, and they like to get into each other. Um, In more than one way. I I wish I had looked it up, but this quote I had heard about brunch was I think it may have been on Bill Maher. I like Bill Maher sometimes. He kind of was a little bit too left leaning for me sometimes, but I think it was him. It may have been somebody else, but they called. Uh, you know, brunch without alcohol, a sad late breakfast. And there have been a few times where I haven't gotten alcohol at brunch, and it did seem rather sad. And I'm like, I'm just eating breakfast real late. Hey, I opted for $5 cheese grits instead of a mimosa. $7 mimosa. $7 mimosa. So for me, <laughs> saved money. for me, I saved money and I got more food. Yes. Yeah. And your $9 meal, Celeste, was much more filling looking and I'm sure it was than our little sandwich that we had but delicious sandwich but your nine dollars definitely went a lot further I like to make sure that I'm getting the most bang for my buck (laughs) 
<laughs> that's that is so true. Although I will say that the what little I had of those five dollar cheese grits were pretty good. Oh, so good. And but you had made a comment there. It's like, <laughs> why are grits five dollars? It's yeah. so cheap to make. It grits. I mean, so grits are pretty cheap to make. Mm-hmm. I and mean, granted, you're talking. I guess they source everything, so I'm sure the cheese is amazing that they source for the cheese grits. Yeah, I noticed on Salt and Times website it said farm to table, and I think if you go there, they actually have A where listing. they get yeah where they get everything, which is awesome. Where the hell they get the grits from then? Who knows? I guess I got a probably got at Costco, so let's not beat around the bush here. Just kidding. How does one make even make grits? I don't know how how that's done. What it's made out of. Like, I don't know. I should learn more about food. I don't know. It still cut something. Oats, no. I don't know. It's delicious. I'm sure we can get somebody on Instagram to tell us. I need someone who has a uh, cheese grit Instagram page to tell me um, what the hell a grit is. I feel like I saw that the other day on some food show, and they were... It may have been Hell's Kitchen. It was something with Gordon Ramsay where they were talking about how to elevate grits because the guy was on one of the final three competitions. And so it's like, you know, you have to elevate everything, elevate, elevate. And one of his, instead of like a puree, he had grits instead, which I kind of think is a little bit more interesting and outside of the box than just a puree. Because you can puree anything. Mm -hmm. Grits only come from one thing, I would imagine. And you can add anything to it, and it's like a puree. It's kind of less creamy. It's like a tofu. Yeah. It takes whatever it is added to. Yeah, it just tastes like cheese now. Yeah. You can have a sweet grit. You can have a cheesy grit. I mean, it's like, it's it's a southern thing, right? You have it like cereal in the morning. Mm-hmm. and It's like the southern version of porridge. Yeah, cream of wheat, Ooh. porridge, but it's like thick. Mm-hmm. And this one was baked with cheese on top. There was a lot of cheese in there. Mm-hmm. Cute little red bull. Like, I wanted to <laughs> steal red. I little wanted to steal little red is his name. Yeah, he was nice and beat up. Definitely had been baked a few times, so that's that little cup had a history to it. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned to you guys, like before we met up out there, about being invited to this thing. It's an app. Somebody messaged me on Instagram about it, called Envy, and they were wanting. Or asking if I would like to be an ambassador. Although I don't really like to consider the brunch cavades just me. Although I'm the person who does this podcast, that doesn't necessarily mean it's just me. I like to consider that you guys and everyone else is a big part of it. And it wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, Gracias. But I had asked you guys about it. And was wondering, should I join and be an ambassador to Envy, this app? They were kind of pushy about it. They sent me multiple messages asking if, not pushy, but they were wanting to know, had I joined yet? Had I looked at it? And I just downloaded the app right before we got there. Um, Gabe, what did you think of how it looked (laughs) whenever you saw it? All right, so at first glance at the the font type Mm -hmm. and the... The header of the app, which is like a really like kind of like sexy, it's purple, purple and white. color, and it's in all caps, and it looks like it could be an advertisement for like this. The way it looks and just the word envy, which I think you mentioned uh, at brunch, it looks like it could be an advertisement for like a KY flavor yeah it's kind of ky envy <laughs> i bet you that's a thing isn't it it might be so this is like food porn hashtag food porn that's what they're kind of going for hashtag food porn that is a hashtag Basically. that i use yeah it i it just like the color of it and everything throw me off a little bit like i i kind of the layout of the app is kind of like tinder meets instagram so the reason it's like tinder is you swipe right 
in order to like a photo that somebody's posted. And it's set up like Instagram where it's just like a straight line feed that you scroll through. Um, and it kind of it gives you... The thing that I like about it most is if you tag the venue that it's at, it'll... It gives you all the information about the place, it, the where it's located, phone numbers. Um, I think like whatever is usually available, like on a Yelp or anything, it kind of gives you that information. And you can have like a little short little comment, what it is in a category. And I think it's just starting off. And I think that's why I was asked because they want people to be posting. And I mean, if they ask you, then they see you as an influencer for I feel like I have like so I will admit that as to the other Instagram pages that I have like personal one and then art one the brunch capades has steadily it steadily gets followers I don't know if those followers stay let me check what it's at now but I get at least at least a follower a day which is kind of surprising because I don't really post that much but at this point, I've got 376 followers. That kind of just grows by one a day every other day, which is kind of cool. People like food. doesn't yeah. discriminate. And that's like a thing about, you know, the bigness of brunch in Austin. It's like, why? People will want to know where... That was the thing about, like, Aziz Ansari that he says in one of his stand-up specials about, you know, like, people... He was, like, wanting to buy a toothbrush. So he Googles best toothbrush toothbrush why does it have to be the best like why do we have to have the best of everything and we can't risk not getting the best because then we'll feel like disappointed like why is that I and I'm guilty of that too like looking up best place to do this or whatever it's like we have to have the best I bet it's it's a part of our culture maybe it's a part of um, us hipsters we want to have the best but, like, let's say chicken and waffles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there is at least 20 dozen places in Austin that do chicken and waffles, right? And I feel like most of them all kind of do it the same way-ish. Most, and I'm guilty of doing this too, I would prefer, prefer to have the white person version, which is chicken tenders and not actual chicken and waffles, which is, you know... Bone-in chicken. Right. And I personally don't like just bones in any of my meals because I'm just so OCD about ha- keeping my hands clean and my face clean. Thanks, Mom. And, uh, <laughs> like, I just have, like, this weird kind of... That's And that's why I don't eat ribs. I like the taste of ribs and everything, but I just... I can't get messy. It creeps me out. What if you cook them long enough to where they fall off the bone? I would still have to touch it with my hands. You can use a tong. Then I would just look weird and people would make fun of me. Social anxiety, man. Make it at home. Make ribs at home. That's yeah. that's a long ass process. Damn. Get a what are those things called everybody's using? Insta cooker? What is that? I have no idea. It's Tell a me. pressure cooker. They're making them famous again. I feel like pressure cookers have become more in the public eye because of shows like Master Chef. They're like, Ooh, what's a pressure cooker? Like they're making meals that usually take like four hours and they're doing it in 45 minutes. How? How do I do this? But pressure cookers are expensive, yeah? Pressure. Pressure. Yeah, expense. I don't know. I think the Insta Cooker or whatever it's called, it's like the new it thing people like people the, are rebuying for their kitchens. The sous vide or whatever it's called, where you like put the meat in the bag and mm. then like put the bag in a thing of like. And, like, a bucket of boiling water. I've never heard of this. And you just, like, keep it in there. It cooks it. It's for the best. You cook it to your ideal internal temperature in water, and then you sear it if it's a meat or whatever whatever protein it is. You sear it, and then you have essentially the perfectly cooked So, basically, it's uh, cheating. (laughs) you don't have to be good at actually like cooking on like a hot surface you're like let's get it all to about where i need it and then sear all that juice in there so it's like cheating for cooking oh yeah for sure that's awesome i saw a thing on facebook the other day that i can't remember the name of it but it was for a it was comparing a 350 dollar rice cooker to a 40 dollar (laughs) one 
And I thought it was going to be one of those videos where it's like, oh, the $40 one cooked it just as well. But nah, the $350 one, they're like, yeah, all the, the rice is cooked all the way through. It's tender. Nothing's stuck to the machine. $40 one, they're like, man, it's uncooked. It's uneven. It's like in clumps and it, parts of it burn. It, was, it did not go how I thought Does it would. Does that schmuck know how to make rice? Uh, it was actually a guy and a girl and they were just doing a comparison of this thing. I think they went into it thinking that it was also going to be the $40 one was going to do just as well, but also who really buys a rice cooker? Just make it in the pot. Um, <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> she actually bought me one as a gift. I bought him one as a gift for... Was it a $40 or a $350? It was actually <laughs> maybe a $15... Damn. And it Does was it before we lived together. So I was kind of like, I don't know why I bought you this. <laughs> Do you eat a lot of rice, Gabe? So now I use it all the time. Yeah. We love rice. Rice is good. Basmati, put a little butter in there. Mm, that's the Indian rice, So right? good. I only just started to become a fan, because I'd never had it before, but of Indian food. There was a place that Alicia and I went to for her birthday called Swad. It's up north in the northern area of Austin. It is a vegetarian Indian place. That was the first time I've ever had samosas. Holy mm. cow, how have I been missing out on samosas all my life? Those were amazing. They also have a brunch, which is kind of interesting what? to have a vegetarian Indian brunch. So I'm kind of like, I'm wondering if Restaurants are starting to hop on the brunch chain. I think so. Because it's so expensive to rent for your restaurant, like mm-hmm. to rent the space out, right? Sure, yeah. So maybe they're just trying to rake in that dough. Um, and that was a thing that I've noticed about places on the east side is they do the whole open for certain periods of time and then close like how most places in other countries do. They are only open during the peak hours. And I feel like that's a good way to, you know, help save money. Although you would think that being open all the time, you would have just a steady inflow, but then you're also having a steady outflow of money because you're having to, you got to pay people. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> that was a problem that the first time we went to Tacova, that was like the only place that was open. And so we went to another place and literally walked into it and they were like, oh, we're closed. This was like 3.30. And walked to another place and it was closed too. And I've noticed a lot of places close at 3 and they'll open again at 5. You know what's funny? One of my first experiences with Tacoba was looking it up for a work happy hour. Mm-hmm. and Because you work in the area, right? Yeah, I work mm-hmm. like 10 minutes away in East Austin. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is they had the weirdest brunch hours. Their brunch and uh, sorry, not the brunch. Sorry, their their happy hour. Their time was like it ended like at six. When did it start? Like around three. I guess it was super early. So I think that explains that gap of like we're open for this, we're closed, we reopen for early brunch. I guess the thing with this town is you have people that that have all different lines of work. When if you happen to be off and you work a nine to five Monday through Friday, like on a Tuesday. Let's say you go to Town Lake, you're like, what the hell? There's like 10,000 people out here. What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Or how do you make a happy hour at 4 o'clock on the east side right. on, a, on a Wednesday? Like, yeah. seriously, most of us work. Yep. But I yeah. guess there's still people that have that flexibility in their work schedules. Mm-hmm. I remember having brunch one time on a Saturday and posted about it online. This was years ago. And somebody was like, it's not Sunday. I'm like, you can have brunch whenever the hell you want. But it's traditionally on Sunday, right? I guess. But I've no. I think the first place I noticed that we were starting to do it on, not Sunday or Sunday with Saturday, was Reds. I think Reds does it on Saturday and Sunday, and they do it for a really long time. It's from, I want to say maybe ten to four. Like it used to not be that long of a time, but now they've like they've extended the brunch, which I think is smart. But. They also do a, at Reds, do the brunch, um, damn, what is it called? Buffet. <laughs> they do it at, at Reds? Yeah, they do a brunch mm-hmm. buffet. I think it's like 17 
It's kind of high. That's cheaper than well, that's cheaper than uh, Jack Allen's. I guess. Per, I see. I don't do buffets, so I never really know like what is a good price because I definitely will not eat that much. Like seventeen dollars is more than what I would eat. So I'm paying technically today's meal. Mm-hmm. We split three ways. It was seventeen bucks, and it was seventeen bucks. But that was also <laughs> with a seven dollar mimosa. Apparently, <laughs> it wasn't a bad mimosa. It was good. It was more heavily the champagne than it, it was, was orange juice. So that's was, good. Yeah. Although again, I'm sure that champagne <laughs> was not super pricey. Probably. It, it was Andre, not. probably. Mm, I love me some Andre Andrei. dry, extra dry. <laughs> oh, Andre. Oh, Andre, indeed. So. In closing, I think we're going to go into some, some ice cream places because we stopped at a place called Spun mm-hmm. after our brunch capade at Salt and Time. That was my first time there. They have a special thing at Spun, which they don't do at other ice cream places. And Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, <laughs> What is it they do? So they use... So if you've ever seen the movie Terminator 2, mm. this ice cream is going to resonate with you. Nice. So I, I'm picturing T1000 right now. Yeah. So they use liquid nitrogen, boom, to uh, whip some fresh cream into some delicious ice cream for and you. And they do it right there, yeah. which is interesting. I was not expecting that. I was yeah. expecting it to be made already, but no, they did it right then. It's like as if you are in third grade and you're I in like science class. Yes. And Mr. Naro, you're making ice cream. So cool. They should let you do it, although that would probably be pretty dangerous. You know, somebody oh. would stick their hand in that and be like, "How cold is it?" Into the into the KitchenAid mixer or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, someone would get a finger chopped off. Damn. And so they use, <laughs> and I had no idea. Like I think I've heard about liquid nitrogen made ice cream before. Never seen it. Never had it. Didn't understand it. And I think they do an interesting thing there with the decoration, the decor. And explaining what liquid liquid nitrogen is, how it was invented, which I thought was kind of cool. I like that. But then how, like when the first liquid nitrogen ice cream was made, which was 1888, I was very surprised. A little bit of trivia knowledge for everybody. I didn't even look at the wall for that. Yeah, I keep hitting this cord and it makes a little... Sorry, I, I was listening to the music. I wasn't reading the walls. <laughs> they were they were playing some trap music at Spun. It was very interesting. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I mean, that's, that's my thing. Yeah, that yeah. that was good for you. Maybe to some <laughs> some parents taking their kids there. That probably wouldn't have been <laughs> the best. Although like, I don't know why a parent would take their kid to Spun. Well, no, that's that's weird. No. Yeah, maybe maybe the location's a little odd because it's right. It's I on would think seventh, and it's kind of a busy road, and yeah, there isn't anything kid related anywhere near there. But maybe yeah, I would think Spun is more of an adulty ice cream place. Although I'm sure people would still take their kids there. I yeah, totally it's kid friendly. Yeah, it's 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 very kid friendly. I mean, they have they have tables on the inside. They have a little know, area outside. A little area outside and. Everything's really easy to read as far as the menu. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you have young they kids, had, they can read it easily. Compared to other places, they had fewer flavors. They had than four. Most places. Yeah, four flavors. I think they had sweet cream, mango, Salt salted caramel, caramel, and horchata. That is correct. Mm. And you had the mango. I had mango, which is non-dairy. Yeah, and. What was the? Did it have a recommended topping for it? Because all of them had like a recommended topping. It did. Topping. It said, I think it said glittery sprinkles. They were just, <laughs> you know, those those pink sprinkles used to have like on you make when you'd make like cupcakes or cookies as a kid. Yeah, they were basically those. Fair, yeah. and they were pink too, so <laughs> it didn't really match the overall tone of said mango ice cream. Yeah, it had little pieces of mango, and it. it was Ooh. good. It was really tart. It was kind of mm-hmm. like when you get Froyo. Yeah. That really tart flavor. It right. kind of had that pro- flavor profile. It was it was good. I liked it. And what did you have, Celeste? I had the salted caramel. And, and you got the recommended topping? I got no? the recommended topping. It was um, chocolate crumbles. Ooh, so like cake? Pretty cake much. Cake crumbles? It was or was pretty, it harder? It was like soft. So Ooh, it was nice. So it probably was cake or brownie, probably. Maybe. It and like I had, brownie. I had the horchata with the mm-hmm. recommended topping of chocolate hard shell. Which I usually don't get chocolate ice cream or anything chocolate in my ice cream, but I appreciated the flavor combos there. So not as kid friendly with their Gucci Mane <laughs> playing as compared to say a place like Lick, 
<laughs> which we enjoy Lick as well. Another Austin uh, creamery, if you will. There's, so good. Uh, I live very close to one on South Amar, which I think they used to be in a different location on South Amar. Now they are in the little apartment area of that whole redesigned parking lot because it was a parking lot before of Alamo Draft House on South Amar. Love Draft House. Love you, Draft House. Um, but Lick is kind of like more known for what, like the different flavors that they have. They always have like a seasonal one, but they kind of have their year round flavors, but then they do like the crazy flavors. Have you ever had a crazy flavor at Lick that you know of? I've been once, once. and honestly, I do not remember it. So for me, maybe it just wasn't like memorable. Was it just like, do you think you went to vanilla? Not necessarily having vanilla, but to vanilla on your nah, plate. Nah, you know what? The odds are I had something that had pralines in it or like something with me. like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But who? I don't. I really don't remember. Like to be so honest, so it, it didn't make that big of an impression. No, nah, not like other places. Fair like enough. liquid nitrogen ice cream. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and you had Celeste. I what? had a. It was just like the vanilla bean ice cream, mm-hmm. but they had like. A coffee nitro was can it? Uh-huh. Um, to make like a coffee float, and it Ooh. was super bomb. I think it was cuvee. Cuvee. The I remember yours, brand. but I don't remember mine. It was a, it was it was a can. It was a cuvee <laughs> coffee. Good. That's fine. The blue can. <laughs> I think that's why you remember that one because that was probably more memorable in terms of what it was the compared to what you had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compared to whatever I had, I don't even remember. I think I had. I I hardly ever get chocolate ice cream but it was like a chocolate brownie thing and it was just awesome i really liked it mm-hmm. i ended up buying the whole pint <laughs> so good and so ah, I, li- I like lick i think it's there was a time one time that i got one of their pints but not from the actual place it was from a convenience store down near uh, barton creek not the mall but an entrance to the actual greenbelt and I feel like that the ice cream had melted maybe once or twice while being shipped there. So like in the middle of it, it was really kind of hard and it still tasted great, but it was very gritty. It separated. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, That sucks. That that happens with those ice creams that don't have all the preservatives that are more fresh. Yeah, so no telling how long that ice cream had been in that that freezer. freezer. But it was was fine. And I don't, I think we've both, or all three of us have been to this place, but the cow tipping creamery, how many different locations mm-hmm. do they have here in Austin, or is it just one? I think it's just one. I think it's one. The one, like, on, quote-unquote, South Lamar, which is by Cane Russo Pizza, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah, Love that pizza. it's between Brody and... Um, Mopat, kind of. Which you want to call... South, it's really Westgate. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, before Burger Stadium. I'm, but I'm pretty sure if you were to look it up, it says the address of South Lamar, yeah, which is which weird. Yeah, doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. I don't know how Austin does that. And I had... There, it's just soft serve, right? At cow tipping. Yeah, they have like it's like to me, cow tipping creamery is like the soft serve ice cream you get at like a buffet, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's like a soft serve machine. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe it's it's fancier than that. But they have like three. Flavors. I feel what how they separate mm-hmm. themselves from being just a um, soft serve place is their combination or their. You can order it from the menu, but it's like, hey, get a s'mores soft serve. So it's like how they present it mm-hmm. and put everything together. That's kind of like more of what they're famous for. You don't just go there and be like, give me a, a jerk of the, the soft serve by itself. It's not like Amy's. No. Where you walk in, you have like a really good base flavored ice cream and you mm-hmm. add toppings to it. Mm-hmm. This is more like... They have it all ready for like- you. The toppings are the star, right? not yeah. the ice cream. I can, I can right. see that. I kind of got that when I was there. It's like, oh... You want to get this soft serve with all of this other, th- all of these other ingredients mm-hmm. that aren't really part of the ice cream, but it's good together with like ice a cream. Bubble cone, right? Bubble cones that they don't have all the time, or they have like Nutella filled bubble cones, mm-hmm. but not when you. What is a bubble go. cone? Explain to me. What it's that like. Is. It's a waffle. Oh, it's like a waffle, but like there's air. Is it airier? Air bubbles. Interesting. I did not see that and when I was there. They at one point had them filled with Nutella. Interesting. But I think it was just like, I only ever see the cool stuff like 
on their Instagram. On their Instagram. They do post some pretty on-point yeah. pictures. I will give them that. Definitely dress it up a little bit for the pictures. For the pictures. Yeah. For the social media audience. But then when you get there, there's no bubble cones. There's no ice cream sandwiches with fruity pebbles. You just get soft what? serve Wait, hold chocolate on. drizzle. A ice cream sandwich with fruity pebbles? Are you kidding? I, so the first time I went there, <laughs> that sounds that's what, actually that's what I ended up getting. Oh, but okay. because I, I think they call them Sammies, I think. But yeah, that sounds about right. Basically, it's it's an ice cream sandwich. So it was the half of it was dipped in fruity pebbles, and it was like Shit. I think it was like a strawberry flavored or something. Maybe it was a vanilla flavored like ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, I got it from the freezer. It, I, I walked in there so every it's like time pre-made. I yeah I mm-hmm. picked something yeah. and they were they were out of everything I picked mm. and then I was trying to get some stuff and I ended Did up you guys just, go late in the evening or something no but no. it was like a Sunday afternoon damn they were just out of everything and I ended up getting the Sammy and honestly the uh, the sandwich part was it's tasted stale mm. it was like hard yeah it was I mean so who knows how long it had been in there but like I feel like if you get an ice cream sandwich that has been frozen for a while it'll be like that and you kind of have to let it defrost a bit but if it's still stale when it defrosts a little then that's kind of a an issue yeah but it had pretty pebbles so it's all in the presentation right so you see that on Instagram you're like holy shit that's awesome I (laughs) want that and you go and they don't have it or they have it and it's old Mm. and I've never been here. I really want to go to this place. We almost went last night, but didn't. But Prohibition Creamery is... We were actually very near it at Salton Time. It's, I think, on East 6th Street. But they infuse alcohol into all of their ice cream. Hmm. So, hence the name Prohibition. I can't really say what it looks like on the inside because I've never been there, but it's something I want to try. What does alcohol and ice cream... How does that sound to you just on that level just alcohol and ice cream sounds like brunch sounds <laughs> like it could work what mm, just two in one. just off the top of your head what flavor do you think would be good i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it up now what they so have. in my mind i'm thinking bananas foster mm-hmm. and i'm thinking with like a rum reduction yeah some kind of a sauce but i mean i don't know if it's in the ice cream or like the like we said the toppings right mm-hmm. yeah because you could infuse chocolate with like Rum, with whiskey. like flavors, or even like some kind of a liqueur, right? Because people do like Kahlua, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You can do smoothies, or I don't even know. Okay, so like I yeah. pulled up their website, and they say intoxicating handcrafted delights. Their flavors of the day vary, um, but eggnog is a flavor. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Whiskey chocolate, mm-hmm. black magic, and it says charcoal. That's all it says. Interesting. Mm. Tiramisu. Okay, yeah. Signature bourbon, obviously. Gotta have some bourbon. Bourbon's good. Cheesecake with graham. And I don't know if that would come with the signature (laughs) bourbon. We have a friend named Graham. We're both like, cheesecake with graham. That sounds like his podcast. Damn. That's funny. Every day he tries a different cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mezcal vanilla. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. M E Z. Mezcal. Mezcal. So I, I guess that's like a Mexican okay. vanilla. Yeah. yeah. Pecan buttered rum. Oh, yeah. It sounds like mm. something I'd probably Sangria get. sorbet. That sounds awesome. Wow. Classic vanilla. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Dark chocolate sorbet. Interesting. And then cookie dough. So is it like that sounds bomb? Is it like a Mm. speakeasy kind of place or like that's what um, I would hope? It's the building is just it's a standalone little building over there, Um, and I'm trying to find. Not a food truck. They do, yeah. They are not a food truck. They do parties and catering. I'm not trying to plug Prohibition or anything, but that's just what their website. So I can hire them to to (laughs) to do my. um, They do happy hour. My dog's birthday party. And we can all yes. get lit. They don't have doggy treats like Andy's, though. Oh, yeah, you're right. If they make doggy treats, like, that'd yeah. be awesome. Prohibition, you need to get pictures of your place on your website. It's um, kind of like we can say all these things from what we see on the website, but until we actually go there, then we'll have some some things to say. Oh, uh, yeah. On a, on <laughs> a, we're just, I guess, trying to plug Austin ice cream places for the most part. Go to all these places. Go to Spun. Go to Lit. Go to Prohibition. Go to Cal Tipping Creamery. Just support your local businesses. 
Um, but in closing, you know, the reason I started the Austin Brunch Capades is to do what we're doing right now, get friends together, talk about things. It could be about anything. It could be about brunch. It could be about politics. It can be about the city that we all share. And that is the point of this is to, you know, go out in your city, explore. Hey, Nimbus, explore your city and get to know it, love it, or find out reasons why you don't love it and then go somewhere else. (laughs) Because that's what life's about is about finding what you love, where you're at, and being happy about it. So I want to say thank you to Gabe, to Celeste. This is awesome. Brunch Capades. Go to Tacoba. Oh, wait, you can't go anymore. It's closed. Go to Salton Time. It's awesome. And I hope you have a good week. Well, there you have it. Holy shit. Episode three is in the bag. I'm going to be more on top of this, I promise. You know, I've got the motivation now. I've got the feel goods. So hopefully you'll be hearing my voice much sooner. And if you think my voice sounds weird right now, I don't know how well you know me. I'm a little sick, you know, got a little stuff going on in my chest. Hopefully it's not the flu. You know, it's flu time. I'm going to try my damnedest, you know, to have this be a weekly thing out on Thursdays. You know, a little less chaotic, a little less drunk. But, you know, still have fun. You know, this is freaking brunch. This is what it's all about. It's about friends. It's about drinking then. And, you know, because really, what is brunch without alcohol? It's just a sad, late breakfast. But anyway, my name is Matthew. And you've been listening to Austin Brunch Capades. Catch you in the next one.